I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Ellen. How are you? I'm good. Today we are chatting about The Scott Beds, His Wife by Kerrigan Byrne. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Okay. We had a week. We did. And I think I read three more of my Witchy Hummer books, uh-huh. or two more, at least two, maybe three. I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, but I think there's 12 in the series so far. I, I guess I should clarify. The um, Lady Darby mystery books by... Hoover. I can't remember her name. Um, but I think there's 12 in the series, and I think I've read eight. Are you going to keep going? Um, <clears throat> I think I... Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. H- having read this book, it kind of makes me want to go back and read... Kerrigan Byrne books. The Victorian Rebels book. Books. Um, so here's what I'll say. You guys will be shocked to hear. <laughs> you might not be able to tell. <laughs> And I know that this is really unique to the podcast, <laughs> but get I'm ready. Sick. Get ready to check a bingo square. <laughs> Here it comes. I'm sick, but the faithful day, the fateful day has come. Um, I have COVID. Um, and I'm sitting across from her. However, yeah, but in fairness, you've been like in the house with me all week. So. Um, here's the thing. I could have maybe not predicted COVID, but I definitely could have predicted that I was going to get sick because this is just like what my body does is when I get a break, it's just like, oh, cool. So she had spring break all week and she's felt crappy all week. Yeah. Which is great. Um, I mean, she wasn't even fun to play with. My husband was even out of town. It was just <laughs> Ellen and I home during her spring break and she wasn't even fun well, to Well, and go here's play the with. thing. I got an email on Friday afternoon from a parent saying that their their child had tested positive for COVID. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. Um, but I was feeling okay. And then on Friday night, I had a game night with some friends of mine. And um, the next day, they text, texted me and said, oh, one of us just tested positive for COVID. And I'm like, okay, great. So I started testing, and I kept testing negative, but I did also... I tested two times, and they were both negative. negative. And you were a little congested, but you were thinking it was just allergies. Yeah, because in it's definitely ramping up to be that season as well. Well, and right Sacramento now. in the spring is just allergy. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, so I've tested negative, and it's probably just that. But I just kept, like... Progressively feeling Progressively crappier. getting worse. And so I took another one and I tested positive. And then I took one today because with, you know, going back to work, I have to have a negative test, pass certain checkpoints. Um, so I won't be going to work tomorrow. So I get an extra day of spring break. But, you know, in fairness, it's been pretty lame anyway because I've felt crappy. You have. The whole time. But you look great. So. I look, 
I've, as I told mom, I've been working on this for four days of non-showering. Um, not four days. Mm. You did your hair on Thursday? So it's only, yeah, it's only true. been three. Um, I did dye it though, so that makes my hair. I dyed my hair. Your hair looks dead. Well, if that's <laughs> that's and, any indication. So that makes it like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it makes it. I know. Dried out. I went, I went through years. Thirty years I colored my hair. Thirty years. Um, but now, but I'm color free. Before I knew that I had COVID, and I probably like spread COVID to more people than I should have. We went and saw Dungeons and Dragons. We did, and and, and the Mario movie, and Mario which we um, enjoyed both of them. I think I uh, got a lot more of the references in probably both of them than Mom did. Well, I haven't. I okay. I did play Dungeons and Dragons a little bit, but like when I was in high oh, school, like eighteen or nineteen years old. So it was a long time ago. And so, you know, I didn't get a lot of the references in that. However, it was still a fun, enjoyable movie. Both of we my brothers it. are very into Dungeons and Dragons. And so I've played, uh, I don't know that I've ever played with Dylan, but I used to be in a, I used to do a campaign with Dylan, with Ryan. Um, and I've so. never played a Mario Brothers game. Ever? I don't, I've, I've watched you guys play them, uh, but I've never played one myself. Um, yeah, they're great. Uh, other than that, we've caught up on Ted Lasso. We did. Uh, although we're not, we missed this past week's episode because dad was out of town and he, um, we've been watching the new season of Taskmaster, which I know you guys are shocked yeah. by. Um, I watched a Korean drama because I was sick and in my room by myself. So what else am I going to do? Yeah, I don't want to be around you and your germiness. <laughs> um, so I watched a, sh a Korean drama called Crash Course in Romance. Um, it's kind of like um, an older woman with a younger guy, but like not by a lot. I think they're supposed to be like eight years apart or something like that. Um, and it was cute. It definitely has a lot to say about like the education system in Korea and how um, parents get how parents get really wrapped up and kind of put a lot of undue pressure on their kids, which I found to be interesting. Um, and then because I've been planning some trip and excursions when I'm in Istanbul, I really started jonesing to watch some Erkenshikush, which if you are not familiar in case you weren't listening to us during that phase of our lives. Well, it was um, a big phase. It was. Um, it is amazing. It's a Turkish drama. Have you been um, watching it on YouTube? Does it have better... No, it doesn't. Translation? No. And in there were fact, some janky translations. They're harder to find now because um, they used to all be like on YouTube, but now I'm, I don't want to like reveal my sources, but... Um, because... I'm I'm pulling from somebody who might be listening's Dropbox um, and watching their private stash of the videos. Oh, rude. Um, they posted it to a group that we are both members of. <laughs> um, but it is so great and it's so ridiculous. I was telling mom, it's like the pinnacle of... Oh my gosh, just freaking kiss already. Like, this is well, so... Well, they're always talking to each other, like, 
with an inch and a half between that maybe it's centimeters over there. I don't know, but <laughs> there's like no space between it, and it's just like okay, just kiss it's already, and then it's like, like just noses, bang already. Their noses are like brushing against each other, and like that's the distance at which they're talking to each other, and it's just like. You guys may as well just kiss at this point. Like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? Seriously. Just um, get up in there, John. But I did just hit the part where they finally did. And it's like, oh, my gosh, freaking finally, you guys. <laughs> and I will say I'm not, I'm, like, kind of just fast-forwarding through some of the, like, I mean, I love all of it, but um, some of the family stuff. And I'm just watching the romancy parts. Um, but I, it's great, you guys. If you haven't watched it and, like, you're a romance fan, you should definitely check out, like, a Turkish drama because, especially if you like, like, kind of an over-the-top, um, romance trope-tastic because they really deliver on, on like, several <clears throat> different romances. Oh, my gosh. And, um... Especially that show has got a lot of different romances in it, too. Um, it's very, like, soapy in some parts, and it's very, um, I don't know, it's... it's Kind of bonkers in some and, parts. And, like, he is, like, ripped to the gods. Like, he is just, like, so jacked, and they find every reason in the world to pop that shirt off. And... Um, I'm here for it. <laughs> Like, there's literally a scene where he's chopping wood, and he, like, just pulls his shirt off, and she's just, like, I mean, like, female gazing the shit out of him, and it's amazing, and that show is the best. Ellen and even has a cardboard cutout of a life-size John. I don't we know if it's life-size. A... I think it's much smaller than he really is in real life, but <laughs> bless his heart. Oh, my gosh. He's a beast. But, um, yeah, that show is amazing, and really, like highly recommend to any romance fans because it's just like next level of like over the top romance it's great i will also say i recently got a subscription to britbox which it even says on there they call the panel channel because it's got all the panel shows not all of them a lot of the panel shows from england and um our our bread and butter obviously seriously America needs to get with it and get some good, mm-hmm. get some good panel shows. But um, I've been watching a lot of Eight Out of Ten Cats does Countdown, and um, as we are wont to do, as we are wont to do, because we find them highly entertaining. Yeah. Anyway. Um. But yeah. So that's like basically how we've spent our my spring break. Yeah. Pretty low key. Pretty low key, but in fairness, it's because you are. I was supposed to be low key. You are sicky. Um, okay. We ready? Yeah, let's do this thing. All right. Today we are chatting about The Scott Beds, His Wife by Kerrigan Byrne. This is the fifth book in her Victorian Rebel series. Um, it was preceded by The Highwayman, The Hunter, The Highlander, and The Duke. And it's followed by The Duke with The Dragon Tattoo and other, like, spinoff books. It starts kind of going into a tangential series as well. Um, this book was published in 2017. We have previously covered How to Love the Duke in 10 Days by Kerrigan Byrne, and we're just generally fans of hers. Like, I really like Kerrigan Byrne. <clears throat> yeah, we, um... I mean, I don't know her personally, so I... We did meet her once. We did meet her once, but... And she wasn't, like, overtly mean to us. <laughs> but, um, I don't know her well enough to say that I really, really like her. However, I love her writing. Mm-hmm. Um... And we're, we're fairly well, well read in her books, but I was kind of surprised to see that we've only covered one of her books pr- 
previous to this one. Um, here is the back cover description for the Scott Beds, his wife. Uh, they're rebels, scoundrels, and blackguards, uh, dark, dashing men on the wrong side of the law. But for the women who love them, a hint of danger only makes the heart beat faster. Gavin St. James, Earl of Thorne, is a notorious Highlander and an unrelenting Lothario who uses his slightly menacing charm to get what he wants, including too many women married to other men. But now Gavin wants to put his shady past behind him, more or less, when a fiery lass who is the heiress <clears throat> to the land he wishes to possess drops into his lap, he sees a perfectly delicious opportunity." A marriage most convenient. Samantha Masters has come back to Scotland in a pair of trousers and with a whole world of dangerous secrets from her time spent in the Wild West trailing behind her. Her only hope of protection is to marry and to do so quickly. Gavin is only too willing to provide that surface for someone he finds so disturbingly irresistible, but even as danger approaches, what begins as a scandalous proposition slowly turns into an all-consuming passion, and Gavin discovers that he will do whatever is necessary to keep the woman he has claimed as his own. Mom, <clears throat> what did you think of the Scott Beds, his wife? I'm going to give this one a really like. Uh -huh. Um... I love Kerrigan Byrne's books. This just isn't my favorite Kerrigan Byrne book. Uh, and there are a couple things that I had some problems with that we'll talk about, I'm sure, as we go along. Mm -hmm. But um, but overall, I just, I really liked it. Yeah. I'm, I'm also going to go with a really like, I'm, like we've said, predisposed to like a Kerrigan Byrne. Um, I, I'm kind of here for her mm, darker more angsty. I'm not always here for that, but I'm generally, um, here for that, um, when it's handled correctly. Um, I don't think this is, like, her best outing, but, um, but I do, I, yeah, I'm, I'm prone to like her books, so I, I'm gonna give it a really like. Um, yes, I also have some qualms. Bingo. <laughs> Um, but we will get into those. Um, <clears throat> what did you think of Samantha of many names <laughs> as our heroine? Samantha slash Allison. Slash, spoiler alert. Slash, yeah, Bonnie. Um, <laughs> I really liked her. However. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked her, however. Mm-hmm. Can I go ahead and just, sure. you don't have a question about this, do you? I don't know what you're about to say. I don't like that she was pregnant when they got married and yeah. didn't say anything to him. Because I think that he wanted to marry her to get the land. And if she had just said, listen, just so you know, I'm already pregnant. It's like, you want to marry me to get the land. I'm telling you why I need to marry you. Yeah. And so this is <laughs> or, a thing. And you can decide. Because when he first asked her, he, she wasn't like, I have to do this or, or else, you know, I don't have any other option. I mean, she kind of did. But I think that he would have helped her out. Someone would have helped her out. Mm -hmm. Mina would it Mina? Is that how you say the sister-in-law's name? Yeah. Because it's uh, like Philomena is oh. her full name. <laughs> I can't remember. I, I really had a hard time remembering all these old books. That's why I was like, oh, I might want to go back and read some of these. Um, I think she could have told him and it bothered me that she didn't. Yeah, but I mean, you knew that it was going to come up later yeah. on, and it was going to be a big problem. It's like, and... in fairness, there wouldn't be a book if it didn't. <laughs> but well, yeah. then I think that, but they still could have had the bad guys to come and try to get, it. and she could have even explained, 
look, this is what's going on. I was married to this guy. I don't know why this, none of this could have been, oh, I guess she didn't want him to know that she wasn't Allison and Allison hadn't been married. Yeah. I guess that's the big thing there. But I think she could have said she was pregnant. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, she's generally likable. Like, I like how American she is. And, um. I like her swearing. I like that it turns him on when she swears. (laughs) She's wearing jeans in the in the Highlands and wrestling yeah. cattle. I'm not too sure because he kept talking about how skin tight her jeans were, because those original Levi's were not super skin tight, especially <laughs> yeah. on a woman. Um, but I guess, I, I guess they, they might have been in the thigh. Any any because they were that like straight leg. They were very straight leg. That the men. But would probably wear. any <clears throat> pants on a woman would have seemed tight. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Not like. You know, my jeans are tight, <laughs> but like I always say, my jeans are, t- are too big. It's not that they don't fit me. They're just bigger than they need to be. Your jeans are too big? My jeans are too big. It's a joke, honey. Don't make me explain it to you. I don't know that it necessarily tracks, but. My jeans are too big. They fit me. Oh, but they're too big. But they're bigger than I okay, than want them to be. Okay, I got that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Um, with, with, for okay, my rude. sake. I'm saying for my <laughs> sake. Um, but, uh, yeah, she does make some choices I wasn't overly fond of in terms of when she reveals such things, um, under gunpoint. (laughs) Uh, but overall, besides that, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, um, and obviously it's like somewhat crucial to have any sort of conflict and resolution, um, but yeah, like I said, I, I liked her. I liked how she didn't take no crap from him or anybody, but she was still like, you know, trying yeah. her best and, um, trying to make the best of a and they, they had good banter. I liked their, uh-huh. um, <coughs> I liked their relationship. Yes. Uh, I liked her relationships with um, everybody. I liked yeah, her relationships I liked all with the little side characters. Yeah, Caledid and I'm not gonna be able to say those Lachran or Scottish I, I, names. I don't, know, I don't know how you say them, but um, you know her little gay friends, yeah. which was cute. Yeah, and um, yeah, and Calum and all of them. Callum, Calum, Callum. I think it would be Callum, um, and Eamon, and Eleanor. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were cute. Um, what did you think of Gavin St. James as our hero? He was, he was very alpha to the point where I think he... All of those, like, Scottish Highland guys are always, like, very alpha. I know. Well, <laughs> they're always ginormous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got a lot of Scottish blood in me. And um, I look back at pictures of my ancestors and really the big beefy ones are the women. <laughs> Which is a little sad. <laughs> well, but I don't even think, like, you know, we would have to go back. I, I, I just remember when we were in England and we were at that, like, fashion museum, we were like, all of them are so tiny. tiny. Like, so short and petite. And, yeah. But, um. We're, we've just got, like, pioneer stock. We're, like, swarthy frontiers are. women. Well, in we're from blood. them. I wouldn't call myself. No, I know, but that's what we have, like, in, <laughs> in our, our ancestors. Yeah, in our gene pool. Um, yeah, and birthing hips. It's yeah. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. My birthing hips that aren't being used for anything. Sorry. Um, mine aren't being used for anything right now, but they still seem to be there. The, wow. um, but yeah, he was, there were a couple times I was like, mm, not, not a lot of consent. Yeah. He's, in that. he's a bit forward. Um, especially like in the beginning where he's just like, she will be mine. Yeah. Oh yes. She, she will, will be, be mine. mine. <laughs> um, in the immortal words of Wayne Campbell. <laughs> Wayne Campbell. Um, but, uh, and, and where he's like that, I mean, I guess not seemingly for no reason, but like he is instantly like that. And granted, she's instantly like swearing him off and. Yeah. Um, but then he does like grab her and kiss her without, yeah, you know. At the point where she hasn't really fully come to like him This yet. is another instance of, because this was 2017, I wonder if it would be a little different if it was written even like a year or two later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those Highlanders, they, they, they're always very mm-hmm. alpha and they're always very Con- assertive. Conquesty. Yes, they are. But with hearts of gold. Always. <laughs> um... Okay, uh, let's talk about a Kerrigan burn book in general. What is it that you appreciate about her books? Um, I just really like, she really puts together, her descriptions are always really good. Mm-hmm. Her banter is usually very good. Um, she does a good mix of, kind of like I said, where they're a little angstier, they're a little darker, they're dealing with some like, I mean, there's a lot of, especially in this series, there's a lot of themes of, like, child abuse and yeah. domestic abuse and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, this um, one is just chock full of it. Yeah, but, like, even, I mean, that first book in the series, The Highwaymen. Well, and it's was... always men who have overcome or women who have overcome these things. Mm-hmm. Um, did she write the book? She did write the books about the girls at the school where, yes, where they murdered some. They murdered the that's guy. The, and hit I think his body. that's the last one that we talked about on the show. Okay, was um, a good series. Because uh, I think I finished that series, and that was a good series. Or I read as many as had been. I also read her. I can't remember her name. Mahoney, her um, gal who cleans up after murder scenes, and um, and Jack the Ripper is like. In contact with her. It's it's a really good series, but there's only been two books so far, and I want there to be another one. That's um, the other reason that we're probably, like, prone to liking hers, is that we like um, historicals with a, a dash of mystery. Yeah, or suspense, or yeah. something else thrown in besides just the romance. And, um, and she does a good job of that. She's usually got a, a fair smattering of, of that in her books as well. Um, but, yeah, she's got a very... Um, pretty way with words and um her descriptions are very uh tactile and yeah interesting and not overly done like we've read some books where there's just so much description that it's like "Ah, all right i don't even remember now what they were talking about and they are her books are always paced really well too so um and they always have enough levity in them you know, like with this book, we've got some pretty freaking heavy stuff in it, but then you've got, you know, all the fun side characters and some yeah. of the, like, lighter moments. Um, I mean, it literally starts off with her shooting her husband. Mm-hmm. So and... Literally, like, the first sentence is <laughs> her shooting her husband. Yeah. So, um, 
or the prologue where he's getting beat by his father. So oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just it, it's it's uphill from there, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. What did you think of the fusion of kind of Scottish and Western in this book? And what did you think of the initial premise of her needing, like we said, shooting her husband and then needing to like escape to the Highlands? Well, I liked the idea of her coming to the Highlands and then kind of showing them how we get it done here in the States yeah, and, um, you know, taking the um, bull by the horns, so to speak, mm-hmm. and, um, <clears throat> you know, showing them how... And how good, ladies get it done. Yeah, how ladies get it done, how good she is at herding cattle and doing all that stuff and how <laughs> impressed they are with her and her skills. I did really like the combination because, like, it did feel like a Western set in the Scottish Highlands. Yes. And I thought that it worked really well because Highlander books kind of always have read like the Wild West of England, of Britain, you know, and um, and especially these Highlander books, they always feel like kind of the Wild West of the British period piece. Yes. Um. So I thought that that kind of connection worked really well. Um. And I kind of liked seeing, you know, the commonalities that those two kind of different settings share and, and the differences, right? The um, kind of some of the gender <coughs> discrepancies that she faces when she comes over and um, adjustments that she has to make. And um, but then also, you know, a lot of the like society stuff and yeah. Um, which, granted, she doesn't face as much as she would have if she was, well, like, because, in England Yeah, because she's in the Highlands, and it's... Yeah. I don't think it's as big as important for her to be a perfect little lady all the time. Yeah. Um, okay, let's quickly talk about side characters. Um, I will say, I don't know if this is how I felt, because we both have all... We should also say that we both have already read this book before. Mm-hmm. Um And so I don't know if I felt as strongly about it the first time that I read it, but um, I was really, like, touched by um, Eleanor and Eamon's, like, story this time around. Yeah. Like, to the point where I was, like, almost more invested in them sometimes. (laughs) Well, I was just glad that she was getting some joy and happiness out of life that she yeah. had, had such a miserable go of it. Well, and just, she does a good job of, like, even though they're side characters, kind of, like, showing the progression of her kind of coming out of her shell and, like, you know, going from, like, not being able to be in his presence at all well, to, like... around men at all because... Yeah, and um, I just thought that they were really sweet and I really liked their story. I also really liked the two Scottish guys that I'm not going to be able to say their names and um how it's like she says at one point like they bicker like, you know, old 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 married couple and they're like, yeah, that's kind of what they are. <laughs> that's kind of the way we like, see it. Oh. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> and um and then here's what I will say. I was telling mom um I want there to be a book about Callum and Allison. However, and she even like answered a question on Goodreads where she said that their book was coming in 2020. 
And then, you know, like, obviously a lot of shit happened in 2020 and people weren't... (laughs) No one told me. People weren't churning out books that year. Like, I think that they thought they were going to. But I kind of also wonder if she sat down to write that, wrote that, mm -hmm. she sat down to write that book and realized, oh shit, there is a point in this book where I talk about him having a crush on a 13-year-old who is nine years younger than himself. Which is wrong. <laughs> it was off-putting. I was telling Ellen, if, if if he had gone to America and looked for her family just because they were friends of his and then saw her when she was older and was like, oh, I want to hit that, I would be okay with that. But to have him be, what, 22 and she's 13? I can't get Well, and he says, he's because... She could have even just, if she just changed the way he says it a little bit, because he says that he leaves because he realizes he's starting to feel more than he should for a 13-year-old who's nine years his junior. And if, yes, if she had just said, like, um, you know, she followed me around all the time and I was really annoyed, but I did also realize, like, that I cared for her more not than I should, but, like, I care for her more than I realized. And then he, like, came across her in America, and it was kind of too late or whatever. Um, I think that that could have worked better, and she would have been better set up to write that book. But I think that that is, like, slightly problematic. Yeah. Um, And maybe makes it hard for her. But that's too bad, because I do, like, I want to know more about Callum and, like, his mountain man... You know, his, like, Scottish mountain man. It must be in Because I remember one of these books where they were, like, hiding in the caves and trying to get away from someone by hiding in the, the caves along the... And I was thinking it was Callan's book, but it must be the next one with the... The rook. The duke with the tattoo. Yeah, but which is the one with the pirate. Yeah. Anyway. That, that's I, the they, they all bleed together. I know. Bless my heart. Um, <laughs> <coughs> okay. Let's talk about her decision to proceed with marriage, which we've already talked about. Um, And I was thinking about it. It would be because what I kept thinking about is when we were talking about For the Roses by Julie Garwood a few weeks, a couple months ago now at this point. Um, And we were talking about how, you know, we had a big problem with the fact that he didn't like reveal his secrets to her before he slept with her. And then in this case, she's literally pregnant with somebody else's baby and marries him. And I think in For the Roses, he also marries her. He marries her before he tells her who he is. Yeah. So it's kind of a a comparison, right? Because they're both, like, keeping things from the person that they end up marrying. Um, And I I did find it interesting that in this book I was like, well, you know, like, it's, it's harder on on women of the time and, you know, she had to, which I still stand by, but it would be unfair to not, like, point out the similarities between the situations. It, it, also, in For the Roses, she was, like, a virginal little young, like, 19-year-old or 18-year-old, and I think that makes a little bit of a difference. Because he's, like, taking, it has more of a, like, taking advantage Yes. vibe. Um, But, still... I still had a problem with her at least not disclosing the the pregnancy. And that would have been an easy one to just say, um, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I know it's not yours. And I know it's not yours. And you know it's not yours. Because so, I don't think that they... Had they had sex no, at that point? Yeah. Not, they didn't have sex after they were married. Yeah. Um, so... 
I don't know, just an interesting, like, I still do, like I said, because when I was reading it, I was like, well, but in fairness, like, this is just, like, the things that women had to do back then. She could even say, that's why I left America, is because I wanted to come out here and come to the, this land that I own. Well, and, she, and she could have just framed it, too, with, my husband was a piece of shit, you should get that, right? You get husbands being pieces of shit. <laughs> and wanting to get away from that because she did know that much at that point. Well, right? but Allison wasn't married. He knew that Allison <clears throat> hadn't been married. Um, not necessarily. I thought that because she was supposed to. She was engaged to marry that Grant guy. I know, but I don't. He didn't know that. She had said that he was in. That she had told him that she. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. There's. It, I mean, there were ways around it. There were ways around it, but it's like we said. <coughs> Um, she, it w there would have been less book. Yes, it's true. Which, you know, we always we have need, to... We always need that conflict at the end. Yeah, and we always have to have that caveat whenever we have beef with how people handle... And not just, um, because there was a lot of external conflict, but we needed that relationship yeah. conflict. Speaking of, let's talk about the ending and the conflict. Um, in which she is, because like we've mentioned, the book starts off with a bang. Yeah, literally. Um, because she murders her husband as him and his brothers are doing a train robbery that has gone terribly wrong and they've now killed a bunch of people. Killed a bunch of people. Her husband wants to kill an innocent woman that she's been talking to on the train and she can't let that happen so she murders her husband to save this innocent girl who turns out to be Allison Ross. Um, and because of that, Allison's like, hey, you need to get away. I need somebody to go take care of this land in the Highlands. And so she goes to the Highlands and she's just posing as Allison. And I guess I should have gone over all this earlier, but, um, and anyway, so then the brothers start like tracking her down in Scotland, um, to kind of get their revenge for her killing their brother. And, um... And none of these guys are very good guys. No. And so thus we are faced with our conflict when they, um... Show up at the Show castle. up. They've got, like, um... Gavin's mom and Eamon at gunpoint and they're saying, like, okay, you need to tell your husband what you're really like, and then he'll let us just take you because he'll want to be rid of you, you murderous slut, yeah. basically. They called her all kinds of nice things. Yeah, they aren't very kind. <laughs> um, and I would say, like, the really tough one for Gavin is the baby. That she's pregnant with her husband, her first husband's baby. Yeah. Um... And he, how does it all go down? It's... Well, she told him she was pregnant and he was just over the moon ecstatic. Yeah. And so then it was a little heartbreaking to find out, oh, by the way, it's not your baby. Mm -hmm. um, so he comes in and, and um, when everybody's being held at gunpoint, he comes in and the brothers start telling him all the stuff that she had done and what a sleazebag she was. And, um, anyway, he ends up killing both the brothers mm -hmm. and then, and he's all mad at her because she used to be 
rob trains. Yeah. Uh, and that she killed her husband and that... Well, and then, just as all this is wrapping up, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they right. show up to arrest him for smuggling. And so it's like, oh, I'm sorry, pot and kettle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, that. um, <clears throat> I was, yeah. I will say, I was reading this at, like, finishing this at, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah. On COVID brain. <laughs> on COVID brain and NyQuil. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, um... So, not under the best circumstances, but, um... So, yeah, so that's how things go down. And then, you know, it's tied up with a very nice little bow where he's kind of faced with the fact, like, you are a hypocrite right now. And also, and basically his brother comes to him and he's like... Well, it's not his brother. It's Callum. I I don't know. (laughs) Callum. Callum. Explains to him that he read a letter that she got from Allison saying... So he confirms that... Allison sent her out there because he thought that maybe she had killed Allison or kidnapped Allison and stole all the paperwork and everything. But Allison had sent her out there. Allison was selling her the (laughs) land. Allison, it was all okay with her. But what I was talking about was his brother comes and says, let's be better men than our fathers were. Our father had plenty of freaking bastards all over the freaking city. So let's show that we can... Yeah, they keep popping up. Yeah, they're, they're literally, this, literally, everybody this in this book is just, is just a bastard. Brother. All their bastard brothers. Um, and so he's like, "You don't want that baby to be raised a bastard." So yeah, and I and I did like that scene, and um, and I do also like because in the end, when they're reconciled, and um, he realizes he doesn't want to be without her, etc. Um, that. He, he says, like, you've brought so many people. Because then they find out that Allison yeah. is, in fact, their bastard sister. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's related. <laughs> and so he's like, you've not only, like, you gave me a wife. Because a their baby. dad raped her mother. Yeah. So their dad was an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> he was not a very nice person. To um, the nth degree. So, um, honestly, like... Fair enough when he gets upset. Like, I wasn't really mad. And honestly, when they first explained that Allison was their sister, I was like, wait a minute. Allison, he's not married to a sister. <laughs> that was funny, though. Yeah, but like, when he's like, so she says, so like for a month there, you you were married to your sister. <laughs> but it was it took me a minute. It's like, wait, that's right. She's not really Allison. <laughs> um, but uh, the ending didn't like, piss me off too much, because while he is being hypocritical, I do think he was, like, warranted to be hurt and feel betrayed and question what else she's been lying about. And he didn't turn off his cell phone, so we're good. (laughs) um, (laughs) No, I was fine with... off his crow or whatever. (laughs) I was fine with um, him being mad and then realizing I don't really have much... Much, much to fall back on to here. Fall, yeah, I don't have hand. a leg to stand on here. So, But also, like, I mean, so he realizes that, but then also, like, and, you know, and then he starts to find out, like, more of her actual story. Right. And not just, like, his wild conjecture. And he realizes, I guess his brother brings him the paperwork that says she had purchased the land from Allison mm-hmm. with the annuity she got from their marriage. And he said... 
she was going to tell you anyway because there's her no name way, is on this paper. Her, yeah, there's no way she could tell you this without explaining who she was. So he said she was going to tell you. You just she just didn't get a chance before all this yeah. went down. Um. <clears throat> so uh. So he runs to the he, continent. Yes. And finds her. Yeah. And he flies off the handle, but I didn't, it wasn't in such a way that I was like, you asshole. Yeah. It was kind of in like a, mm, yeah, okay, I, 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 I kind of get that. Um, uh, let's talk about sex, baby. So we're definitely reading a romance again. Definitely. And they do bang it out. They do bang it out. Um, with great fervor. As, as they're wont to do in these historical romances. Um. Yeah, they, they get after it. Not, like, so many times, but just with great relish. Yeah. And um, a myriad of posi- positions. I think it's one of our first 69s that we're going on. <laughs> I don't know that it's our first. <laughs> we definitely have read another 69. Maybe not for the podcast. But... <laughs> um, yeah. That happens. <laughs> It's funny how you didn't follow the story, but you know all the sex that goes on. <laughs> no, do you know what? Honestly, the sex is where I was falling asleep last night. The sex is where I usually <coughs> kind of rush through it. Um, all right, all right. He's kissing her. His tongue's in his mouth. I don't know. Okay. All right. all right. His tongue's there now. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um. Uh. No, but I'm obviously going to notice the sex is <laughs> uh, Do you know what? It's. I know we've talked about this before, but... When they have a 69 in a historical setting, I'm like, mm, I'm, uh, somebody tells me that these crevices don't smell great. Okay. They just gotten out of the tub, though. So, bless their okay, hearts. Okay. Okay. They've okay. both been in the tub. But it's like they always <laughs> seem to make a big deal of, oh, we just bathed. <laughs> so, now it's okay. Because, yeah, I'm not sure how <coughs> clean everything was. Because we have already discussed there wasn't a lot of shaving going on. Uh-huh. So, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah, anytime I read these these historicals where these women are like, you know, she had a little thatch of hair. I'm sure she did. Sorry, Ian. <laughs> we're having pubic hair talk again. <laughs> um, well, my thing is always they just describe these beautiful ball gowns that they wear. And it's like, yeah, but they got big hairy armpits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. They must have done. I think. I know, like, some cultures did, like, the sugar scrubbing and things like that to get... Oh, like... They had to have done something with the armpit hair. Mm, I'll have to look that up. Cause it's not I'm, like they braided it or anything. Cute. <laughs> cute! <laughs> <laughs> got, like, a little corner. <laughs> um, yeah. And there wasn't a lot of deodorant going on. <laughs> well, I know that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, that does not sound good. Um... Okay, so that's the conversation about sex. What was your swooniest moment? Um, honestly, and I do have one this time. However, I think my swooniest moment was between Amon and and Eleanor. Yeah. Uh, where she goes out to the barn yeah. and is, like, petting the mule or whatever it was. She was petting the horse. And um, he kept getting a little closer and closer yeah. to her. And then finally... What, did she start crying or something? And he was holding her and I was like, oh, this yeah. is precious. I think that was my swooniest moment. So. I think that was definitely one of mine, too. It's like I said, like, I was kind of almost more invested in their romance than... Because, like, 
uh, Gavin and, <coughs> excuse me, Gavin and what's her face? What's her name? Samantha. Samantha. Um, they're like basically a done deal. The well, and time. there's not a lot of swoon. He's not, it's not like he seduced her much. Yeah. They like, I mean, he makes it very evident that he wants to tap that like pretty quickly. And Eamon and, um, Eleanor were just so sweet. And I did, however, like <laughs> when they got married and he's, he was super apologetic. He's like, I'm sorry. It's because he him and his brother, him and his brother have a fight at the wedding. <laughs> And that is funny, though. And the it, brothers, like, wedding vows that he reads. Going at each other. <laughs> but them going at each other. And then afterwards, he's like, I'm sorry. She says, that's the best wedding I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah. um, my swinniest moment that I wrote down is between them. And it's, we've already kind of mentioned it. It's when he, when she tells him that she's pregnant. And he's just like, I'm going to turn my life around. Like, yeah. I know that we said that we're going to, you know, just kind of have this be an arrangement, but, like, I'm going to devote my life to you and this baby, and it's, like, everything's going to be different now, and it was so sweet, and I was just, like, he's going to find out it's not his, and it's going to be heartbreaking. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. Um, okay, we didn't get as many listener comments this time, um, but that's okay, because I have COVID, and I don't want to read a lot. Um, Anna says, this started off rough for me with the traumatic... Uh, familial sadomasochistic abuse when Gavin was pretty much still a child. 16, yeah. Yeah. Uh, once I got past the beginning, I'd say this was a like for me. Samantha mostly likes Gavin because he's hot and Gavin is inexplicably transformed from heartless playboy into faithful husband because Sam sasses him a bit and swears like a sailor. Yeah, that hasn't worked for me so far. <laughs> we just need to find you a Scottish lord. Yeah. <laughs> Only. Um, I felt like I didn't connect particularly well with either of them and the story didn't seem to flow well, but I can't really put my finger on where it fell flat for me. I think it was a slow burn, but it started off a little too slow, so I couldn't muster the energy to care when things started to pick up toward the end. Um, I think that's fair. And it's, it's also, like I said, it's hard because, um, A, we've read it before, so it's hard for me to, like, remember exactly how I felt the first time I read it. Um, B... I was admittedly skimming a lot. What? And you didn't read every word. <laughs> COVID brain. Um. So it's you know, I have all those caveats. But um, Cassie says I was underwhelmed by this one. I never really felt invested in either of the main characters, and Samantha's deception went on for way too long. I thought the premise of this story was interesting, but something about the execution didn't fully come together for me. This is the lowest rated book in the series on Goodreads, so maybe not the best representation of the series as a whole. I would definitely... I definitely agree with that. ...say that. Although... I know the first three books I loved, loved, loved. Yeah, but this is where Cassie says. Although I didn't love The Highwayman either. Oh. <laughs> um, so maybe this... Well, the Highwayman was the very first one. Very first one. So maybe this series or author just aren't for me. How interesting, though, that this is the second historical romance we've read this year that featured a heroine from the American West and a Scottish hero. That's right, because right. For the Roses. For the Roses was also Yeah, I forgot Scottish. that he was Scottish. As well as an older female side character who went blind due to her husband's physical abuse. First oh. was For the Roses by Julie Garwood. So a lot of connections to... Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I don't... Oh, yeah, I do remember that. I was like, who's the... the it was the lady that... Yeah, that, like... His, was their there. mother worked for. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
Jen says, this, uh, um, I will say though, Cassie. Um, so yeah, if you didn't like the Highwaymen, then maybe Kerrigan Byrne just isn't your cup of tea. Um, I love, that was like my in, induction into the. I, I really liked, especially <laughs> those first few books. Um, yeah. and I think it seems like I really liked the, I can't remember the Duke with the tattoo, um, which I know that's not the name of it. It's the Duke with the dragon tattoo. Is it seriously? Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember liking that one. Uh, I, I can't. Yeah. And hard. I did like the series with, with the girls at the school, which I think is attached to this series. Is it attached to this series? Yes. I think there are characters that show it's, up. Yes. That's the series that I'm talking about. That is like, that is a tangentially spin-off. attached. Yes. Um, and I liked that series like a lot. I really liked the books in that. Yeah, that series. one is also pretty gnarly though. Yeah. With yes. like in terms yeah. of. Yeah. It starts out. Yeah. Spoiler alert or, you know, trigger warning. It you starts out with a rape. Yeah. And it's. And a murder. And a murder. <laughs> <laughs> and then the girls hide the body. So it's, it's pretty awesome. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, Kerrigan Byrne doesn't go easy on us. She, no. she really puts it all out there. But um, yeah, I think I might go back and try and, and read those first few books of this series. Go for it. Thanks, Ellen, for your permission. <laughs> Jen says, this is my first book by Kerrigan Byrne. I found the prologue very disturbing. I think maybe if I had read the previous books in the series, it might not have affected me as it did. But wow, you don't expect a whole chapter of torture and abuse when starting a romance novel. Uh, This put me in a bad mood for the rest of the book. Sam annoyed me because she was keeping so many secrets. Then she misled Gavin about the baby. When it all played out, we had people from previous books showing up, and I found it all confusing. Uh, This book was not for me. I definitely can see that. There's a lot of... Like a lot of shout outs the to, yeah. um, and even as somebody who's read all of the books, I was still like, who the hell are these people again? Is the highwayman his brother Liam or is, um, or is his brother Liam the his third brother, book? His brother Liam is the, the, the Highlander book. The Highlander book. I think. Oh, the demon Highlander. Mm-hmm. Then who is the first book about? I think the first book is Dorian Blackwell. Oh, okay. Got it. Because he's like the underground guy, right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I couldn't keep them all. I remember reading them on. I remember they were all family, and I remember they were all bastards of this guy. But um, not all of them. I mean, a couple of them are real. It sounds like it was almost better to be a bastard and not <laughs> raised by the guy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember where they all fall into place. I do remember the hunter, though, was the... The guy who was the assassin, right? Yes. And he's... I don't remember his name. I don't remember his name either. Um, Ruthie says, so this was my second time reading. I originally read the series out of order, and this was the last one I read. I think I didn't love the title, and I'm... And still, I'm wondering, what does it say about the story? Nothing, really. Except that he's a Scot, and they get married. Um, you know, that's that's the case with a lot of those titles, so come on, let's be honest. Um, okay, moving on. Kerrigan Byrne is a master storyteller. storyteller. I love the series so much, and I love how each character has a darker backstory and ultimately finds healing and love with their partner. That being said, although initially I loved this book as much as her others in the series, the first time I read it, this time I was on pins and needles waiting to remember the betrayal. It stressed me out, but with 
my book memory brain loss problem. I couldn't remember what was going to happen. Then when I realized she was going to accept his proposal without telling him anything at all, I was bummed. I wish there had been another plot point besides lying about the pregnancy along with her identity. It just seemed like a lot for him to take in and ultimately forgive. I still feel like they belonged together and I loved her character. She was rough and skilled and someone for him to truly look up to. I enjoyed that she knew her way around the ranch and she wasn't just one of those women who the author says is independent, but she shows us her toughness. Um, I liked his character too, but not as much. So again, all these thoughts are on the reread. I think this series is my favorite historical romance series. It might be time to reread them all. I hope I don't change my mind. Um, I just said the same thing. <clears throat> it's definitely up there. Like, I mean, like we often will shout out Kerrigan Burn when we're talking about, but like, I mean, among our other favorites are like Julia Quinn and Tessa Dare, who are very different like I would say like the the um angst level is like Tessa Dare is the least angst then Julia Quinn has like a little bit more angst and then you have Sarah McLean who we also love who usually has a little bit more angst and she's then, like and then Kerrigan Byrne who's like the angstiest who's like off off the charts well, I mean, there's angstier ones than her, but... Um, but, like, of our favorites that we talked yeah, about. Yeah, and I read the series, like, early on in my uh, romance yes, reading because I experience. really like her, and I told her, like, when you started, I was like, you right. should check out... And I did, these. and I love them. Mm -hmm. And I, But I think that as readers and as society changes... Sorry, authors, but some of these things become... Pro it's like the movie Sixteen Candles now. I love the movie Sixteen Candles, but now when you watch it, it's like, oh, this is harsh and hard to watch yeah. um yeah but uh so i think sometimes books get that way as we evolve mm -hmm. as a society and as readers and then um you go back and read some of these books and you're like oh i love this book oh wait i don't remember this happening Ugh, this yeah. is problematic well and it's i mean ruthie you're facing the th same thing that we always face which i'm sure that a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about didn't register at all for me when I wasn't reading it for the podcast. Exactly. Because I read it before we were doing the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. Because I... I don't know that it didn't come out until after we started the podcast. Really? 2017. Well, this book. But the other yeah. books, I think, yeah, I yeah, read yeah. before. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. You read them. You read things differently as, as you, as an individual, change. Yeah. Um, Ian says, this is my fourth Kerrigan Burn, and while it's probably my least favorite, I still really liked it. I love her sweeping, rich, epic writing style. It reminds me of older historicals like those of Judith McNaught. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not every first kiss scene needs to be five pages long and have end of the world level intensity, but Kerrigan makes it work. That is true. When I was reading that, I was like, geez. This has been this kiss, this kissing this whole time. Cause like I said, I was skimming. Um, but yeah, I was, that was a lot of, a lot of pages, but she is good enough to make it work. <coughs> Ian continues. Sam is a fun heroine to follow, tough, skillful, and completely incapable of taking any BS. 
Um, I'm Australian, so the cursing barely registered for me. It did take me a while to get invested in these two as a couple, but they were a strong pair once they realized they could rely on each other. I can also enjoy a juicy secret or two, so while Sam's duplicity wasn't the best, it didn't hurt the book much for me. That said, I'll admit to feeling less transported to the setting than I usually do in a Kerrigan burn, and I personally didn't find the hero very interesting, so unlike most of her books, I couldn't give this a love. Um, Ian adds, side note, with absence of a new podcast episode last week, I listened to an old episode where you talked about Beard Necessities by Penny Reed. Just wanted to say I absolutely loved that Ellen went to the effort of writing and performing a whole damn song about the book. Amazing. Um, and also big thanks to everyone who contributed to the pet, pet picks thread. What a lovely bunch of good boys and girls we have. Aww. So true. We do have one, one is sitting by me right now. Um, yes. And, and, barking, as, so and then, um, somebody replied to that. And I think it was Angela replied to that and said, um, yeah, I just listened to the one where she did Gentle Rogue and she did a song set to the Brady Bunch. Oh, Gentle Rogue. That was like a whole big, long yeah. series. And that's why I did the Brady Bunch is because there was a shit ton of... Yeah, that one like, was all over. I mean, there was all kinds of family. Yeah. And there were nieces and nephews and all kinds of people getting involved yes, in, the, in that series. The, um, <clears throat> but as I told both of them, I used to care more. Not care You more. didn't care more. You had more time. Yes, correct. I had more time. And more energy. And if you enjoy the songs, my favorite is still... The rap. The rap she did about... Marriage of Inconvenience. Marriage of so Inconvenience, I, I think, which is Knitting in the City <clears throat> I think those are my... I think the only other song I can think of is... I did a song to Lovey and Rose for Wanderlust, I think. Oh. Is that the one with Richard, Richard Armitage? Armitage? Yeah. Um, oh! Uh, I'm pretty sure that was what that... I, I remember singing that song... Um, and so those are the, the four songs that I can remember. I didn't even remember the Gentle Rogue one until Angela mentioned it. And I barely remembered that I did one for Beard Necessities. Because Beard Necessities wasn't that, well, I guess it was a while ago, but Beard and Necessities is I said Scarlet, it, the Scarlet and Billy one, but is it the one where they're in high school or is it the one where it's the, it's the like last book. In okay. The it's, um, and I said it to free falling by Tom Petty. I think I you are just so clever. I'm so clever. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> under what context I did that, but we could go back and listen, but we're super lazy and probably won't <laughs> listen. You guys, <clears throat> um, thank you, Ian, for the, for the kind words. Um, and as always, Ian, well said, <laughs> Ian well said. Um, no, but Ian well said. Um, <laughs> really, we're not joking. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, but I agree. Like, I uh, I can't give it a love, whereas I usually generally would give a Kerrigan burn a love, but I, I wasn't as, like, besotted with this one as I usually am with hers, I will confess. Um... Finally, Angela says, I love The Highwaymen, so I binge-read the entire Victorian Rebel series and I'm on to The Good Girls, which is the, I think that's the school one, with the girls who killed the, okay. 
um, Good Girls series now. This book was a like for me, similar to For the Roses. I loved the dichotomy between the old American West and Victorian England, but Sam is the real reason I liked this book. She's a badass heroine. I loved how self-sufficient she is and her gunslinging skills and cursing, and I loved how she was flabbergasted by the backwards laws of Victorian England, like Gavin is the judge in charge of his own case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I really enjoyed seeing the huge cast of characters make appearances in this book, but I could see how if this was the first book you read in the series, it could be confusing. Yeah. Uh, Kerrigan continues to reference her Victorian Rebels characters in a lot, a lot in the Good Girls series, so her books really should be read in order of publication. Yeah. <clears throat> the problem with that, though, is that, especially when you start reading a series, like from book one, when it gets published is then, like, I have to remind myself of the, like, series every time a new book Every time comes a new book comes out. So you have to wait till they're all out. It's like binge-watching a show. You have to wait yeah. till all the books are out so you can just read them all in order. Yeah. But, you know, we don't have time for that. No, we don't. Um, okay, Mom, final thoughts on this book. Final thoughts. Um, like I said, really like. I love Kerrigan Byrne, but this is not my favorite Kerrigan Byrne. Um, but it was still a fun, a fun historical read. Even though it had child abuse and it's still a it's and, still a fun time and murder husband murder and yeah you know, and all that good stuff sadomasochism in the beginning yeah it's nuts <clears throat> um, and a dad that just rapes everybody yeah um well said <laughs> thanks concur. <laughs> Uh, I think that's all I've got, you guys. That's all I got. That's all, <laughs> that's got. all Alan's got that's in her. That's all I got in the tank left. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on The Scott Betts' Wife by Kerrigan Byrne. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. Next week on April 24th, we'll be chatting about Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. We were reading one around the dinner table today. That was making us laugh. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so thanks for that. And um, thank you guys and thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.